0: I have two episodes, one I've been alluding to for several weeks, one that just came to me as a topic. So do you want to talk about pee or do you want to talk about rain?
1: Well, Now I kind of want to just skip the one you've been alluding to for several weeks.
0: (laughs) But I don't know if you know which one.
1: No, I don't. So I'm going to do your choice because I've been picking.
0: Okay, let's finally talk about this. This is an article from Global News published on August 8th, although you'll be able to find it from most media outlets from that time period. This particular article is written by uh, Susan Ducuoto and it is called Forever Chemicals Have Made Rainwater Unsafe to Drink Globally, study says.
1: Not the forever chemicals again?
0: Yeah. A team of European researchers released a study last week claiming rainwater in every area of the world is unsafe to drink due to the presence of PFAS, commonly known as a forever chemical. The study, completed by a team of researchers at Stockholm University and ETH Zurich, have published in the peer-reviewed journal Environmental Science and Technology on Tuesday. The study claims that the level of per- and per poly substances, PFAS, in rainwater exceed established U.S. guidelines' value for what is deemed safe. In a press release, the researchers of the study also note that guidelines' values for PFAS in drinking water, surface water, and soils have decreased dramatically over the last 20 years as scientists learn more about their toxicity to humans and wildlife. The lead author of the study, Ian Cousins, said the acceptability of the cancer causing chemical PFOA is a prime example as its guideline value has declined by 37.5 million times in the U.S. over the last two decades. Researchers reported the level of PFAS in the environment is now ubiquitously above guideline levels. There are thousands of man-made substances that qualify as PFAS, many commonly known as surfactants, lubricants, and repellents. According to the Canadian government, PFAS can be found in firefighting foam, textiles, cosmetics, and food packaging materials. It is dangerous to come into contact with PFAS through drinking water, food, or any other way. PFAS has been associated with a wide range of serious health harms, including cancer, learning and behavioral problems in children, infertility and pregnancy complications and increased cholesterol and immune system problems.
1: But it's in all our stuff.
0: Yep. It's everywhere. It's literally in all water everywhere now. Damn PFAS. Yep. And just to finish it off, there's more to this article. If you want to read it, we'll link it at some point. The study found that even the most remote areas of the world, such as the Antarctic and the Tibetan plateaus, rainwater, still had contamination from PFAS that were above unsafe levels. Like the most remote places you can find on the world. They test that rain and it's got PFAS in it, above Oh yeah, we
1: fucked everything.
0: So everything's fucked. Oh yeah. Isn't that fun? Stay tuned while we talk about other things that are more fun. We'll try. Cue music. From the unexplained to the mundane, come join us on a Journey to the Fringe. Hello and welcome to Journey to the Fringe, where much like Oedipus to married women, we have been divined by fate to fringe topic discussions. We are your fate-woven hosts, Taylor and Chelsea. Some of you will get that reference. Some of you will say I was way off base. Others will say, who is Oedipus?
1: Here we go. That's me.
0: Today, (laughs) we will be doing a Chelsea episode where I get to say, I don't know, because she hasn't told me anything about it. So I will sit quietly here and maybe speak up in a bit.
1: It's very secretive. So to start this one off, shall we time travel or remote view?
0: Can't we do both? We cannot.
1: And I've been too bossy on the last episodes and telling you to remote view or time travel or psychically view something. So you know what? Instead, I'm going to give you guys a break on this episode and I'm just going to tell you a story. Year 1954. Location, Nita Airport in Tokyo, Japan. A well-dressed man who goes by the name John Allen Kuchar Zagras makes his way through customs and presents his passport. However, upon inspection of the passport, the man throws up some serious red flags for the custom officer. Passport is not from a country he recognizes. It's not just because he's bad at geography. It's because the country <laughs> is It's not like he
0: was put to a test like Chelsea. It fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, Canada. Uh, Some people I don't think it exists. The spot. <laughs> country, Canada. <laughs> so
1: if you just present your passport and you're like, well, does it exist? Does it not exist? Does it? Does it? Some people might not know.
0: Also, just so everybody's aware, it is our personal opinion that you should never approach customs with the statement, does this country exist or not, <laughs> while throwing your passport out there. <laughs> Just j- good common sense from Journey to the Fringe. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Don't do that. do and don't tell them it was us that gave you the idea. Okay, okay. So, customs officer is confused. That's where we're at at the story. And until now, we're not sure why until I tell you because I'm going to tell you right now. It's because the country Torrid doesn't exist. It's true. It's true. Customs officer even checks with his supervisor to confirm. Yes, I was right. Torrid didn't exist. It's because the supervisor said so passport issued at Tamanareset, the capital of Torrid, and the passport did look authentic. Obviously, he's detained for more questioning about what the fuck's going on. Like, what's his passport? Where the hell's Torrid? Who are you? Man, John, was described as looking Caucasian with a beard and his primary language was French. He was also speaking fluent Japanese. John proclaimed to the customs officer that he had previously visited Japan three times from his country. Loves it there, I've heard great things too. Just kidding, this was for business. And there were even stamps in his passport to prove it. Sure enough, they were in his passport. They looked. The man was giving a map and asked to point out where the fuck Torrid was. I mean, who wouldn't in this situation? And he points to Andorra, which is at the border of France and Spain. Which led to John joining in on the confusion because the map said Andorra, not Torrid. Also, Andorra is a real place. But, just as an aside here, doesn't it seem so random for Andorra to be the exact spot where Torrid is? Do you know where Andorra is?
0: I couldn't tell you off the top of my head.
1: So it's between France and Spain, like
0: I already said. Yeah, you said. said that.
1: But it's not like by the ocean or anything, it's like inland and in like a very random spot so like for someone to just like pick out that random little location of Andorra and Andorra is one of the world's smallest countries between France and Spain it's not even like it's I don't know it just seems like a really weird location did he say it to.
0: was exactly there or did he say well, it like, would have to be exactly
1: Andorra is so small it would have to be exact
0: no but just because he's describing a country that clearly doesn't exist it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to have the same well sorry i'm not i might be getting ahead of the story you're
1: not no okay i'm i'm gonna go with it could it not
0: okay okay
1: (laughs) which i think is weird which is why i said that okay it just seems weird to me at this point okay apparently toridians or torsions torrents torrents maybe are stubborn because he refuses to give in and good for him i guess if i was from a country that suddenly disappeared from a map i would be reluctant to give in as well i'd be like no that was for sure canada yesterday like when i left especially when i had this
0: passport and needed to travel
1: (laughs) it's canada does it exist it was for sure a country when i got on this plane and now it's not oh John, he was also carrying multiple currencies, a man of the world, and was carrying a checkbook for no known bank in Japan, or in the world, I'm not sure if Japan keeps track of all the banks. John gave the name of the company for which he had a meeting with, he was there for business, and the hotel where he was to stay company did exist in Tokyo, however, the people there at the company, when they were questioned, had never heard of him. And the hotel also existed, but had no record of his reservation. And who hasn't been there where, like, the hotel fucks up and they don't have your reservation? Like, that would suck if he didn't get detained and he just showed up and they didn't. They're like, no, no record. Hotel's full. Get out of here, motherfucker. Yeah, it's
0: actually better he got stopped at customs. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. So, given all these crazy revelations, they detain the man until they can figure this out and they put him up in a hotel, which I find to be an odd choice, but here I am regaling you with this historical tale and it doesn't end here. Two guards are placed at his door to ensure the mystery man, John, doesn't escape. Weird that there is no other way to secure a person that was detained that didn't exist back in 1954 Japan, but again, just relaying this historical account at this point, no judgment. People don't be-
0: crimes in Japan. They don't have prisons.
1: Yeah. Where are they you going to put them? Hotels with girls. They have
0: paper walls. That's it.
1: Like here, five-star hotel. Yeah. Here, we'll guard the door.
0: Don't break the walls, please. You can color on them if you wish.
1: <laughs> hi yeah, Just like karate chop the door, the freaking wall down. Okay next morning, when they went to retrieve the man, probably with more questions about his passport, I assume, he was gone, straight up vanished with all his personal belongings, and his documents that were being held at the airport also disappeared into the multiverse. Speculation, of course. By the way, there was only the door for entry and exit, so it was an interior... No, no, this is... wait, no, it was up on a high balcony. With no balcony. Room high up with no balcony, only a window. He had to have been Spider-Man. My theory. I just made that up. Just came up with it right on the spot. What's the deal with this dude, John? So, well, he could very obviously be a man telling the truth who's from Torrid. And is, like, just jump timelines. He's from a different dimension. Next thing he could be is a man who's lying and is from Torrid. And, you know, just like some other made-up country, just pretended he was from Torrid. If he is from Torrid, this would be a complexing situation for him, being in the world where Torrid does not exist, so he may be in an alternate timeline somehow. It happens, I mean, we do live in a world where Shazam wasn't a movie, so anything is possible at this point. Maybe a time traveler, that's the next point. Has nothing to do with Shazam. This could also be an internet hoax but I have my doubts on that one because of what I'm going to say next. Now, I could continue to give you other reasons that this dude John could be, but I think I might as well just give you the down low because I like you. I do. fact of the matter is it's an urban legend, probably. I'm sorry to disappoint you. I know I told you a really good enthralling story there, and you are probably rooting for John. ends up being the hero of that story, I think, making a getaway from the bad guy Japan order services evil Japan border services.
0: Still on the run to this day. <laughs> Japan's number one With their, comic.
1: With their spotty geography knowledge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so John Allen Kuchar Zagrus is a real man. In October 1959, he and his Korean wife entered Japan, and three months later he was arrested by the Muranchu Maran ochi police Maran ochi police Maran Ochi police I had to have said it once right in there police officer for identify identity fraud then I say identity wrong moraanchi police <laughs> office
0: for identity fraud I like that identity is the one you have problems with <laughs>
1: He tried to cash in a 20,000 yen check and a $140 traveler's check at the Japanese office of Chase Manhattan Bank and, again, another 100,000 yen at the Japanese office of the Bank of Korea. This, John, not the cool time-traveling, like, where'd you come from? Like, where'd you get this passport, John? Torah doesn't I don't exist, know, man. probably, John. <laughs> oh, no, it totally um,
0: exists. Yeah
1: torrid yeah yeah so this john claimed to be an ambassador of nagus habis with which is ethiopia with diplomatic immunity so that means he can freely commit fraud all oh, right he was also an american spy so okay twist my arm here's the whole story he claimed to be born in the u.s moved to the uk through czechoslovakia and germany attended high school there during world war ii he was a pilot in the royal air force and was captured by the germans after the war he lived in latin america and later became a spy for the americans in south korea served as a pilot in thailand and was it against
0: the moonies was it against the moonies
1: i don't know what that means
0: okay we might do a moonies episode in the future if not just go listen to behind the bastards they have a good moonies episode
1: (gasps) oh i gotta listen to that okay I'll find out about it. Pilot in Thailand and Vietnam. And after that, he was assigned by the United Arab Republic with a mission and became a diplomat of Nagas Habis, which is Ethiopia. And I, yeah, no, I read that Nagasabi? right. Nagas Yeah, I think. I'm not sure why he was assigned that by the United Arab Republic. Or Arab. if those are two separate events and I just Arab. read my notes with wrong like commas and stuff called punctuation
0: oh yeah
1: arrived in japan for a secret mission which included recruiting japanese military volunteers for the united arabic republic eventually after contacting the mentioned countries it was ruled that the information was all completely made up so i just read that all for you for no reason because well, it wasn't for no reason. You wanted to hear that. It was all a part of his his wonderful mystique, John. But he had proof, of course. A passport the size of a magazine written in Negus Habestian. with known script resembling Arabic. It contained stamps of Japanese embassies in different East Asian countries. Anyway, it was obviously counterfeit. This passport was magazine-sized. Could you imagine trying to get away with that? <laughs> it didn't check out.
0: It'd be harder to misplace.
1: Definitely would. I mean, maybe he's on to something here, but when everyone's showing up with tinier passports, it just didn't check out. It did
0: Oh fuck it. the size! <laughs> I should have thought of that. Oh yeah. You no, know, he's passport. in line and just sweating bullets. <laughs> fuck the size. <laughs> I just went to the publisher, and that's the size they did, and they asked if that's what I wanted, and I just didn't.
1: <laughs> I didn't double-check it they against an actual passport. I've never seen one in yeah. my life.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> August 10th, 1960, Tokyo District Court reviews the case and sentenced the real Ziggurus one year in prison after the announcement he tried to commit suicide.
0: And he was pushed, sent to a hotel, right? Of course.
1: No, that's, <laughs> that's silly. That we out of amazing. prison.
0: We have no prison. Go to the hotel room.
1: <laughs> that was in the whipsicle urban legend. Oh, man. Of the story. After his release, he was deported from Japan to Hong Kong, where it seems he as if he originated and his wife deported to South Korea. They're like, take this Hong Kong. So I'm sorry to burst your bubble of the mystery man of Torrid. I do appreciate what the story morphed into. I would have loved if we just left it with that. However, I must give you the truth and the truth is not as good in this case, unfortunately. And I think I have a mini episode here because that is all I have.
0: What's he up to these days? (laughs) I don't know.
1: He went, he was deported to Hong Kong and nobody ever heard from him again. Nobody bothered to follow up. And the reason that we know all of this about Zagrus is because there is a police officer in Japan that wrote a book about him. Oh. Worked on the case to- Interesting. To take him down. Yeah. Well, I
0: like that. That, that is a good short episode. It actually yeah. reminds me, which means that we'll have to put this on the list of episodes, I don't know if it's on there or not, of the John Teeter story. Although the John Teeter story is a little different.
1: I believe he is on our episodes and he could be under an asshole of the UFO community or just a general asshole. of the Yeah, community. just
0: a general asshole. <laughs> it has yeah. nothing to do with UFOs. <laughs> just coast to coast.
1: General asshole. Yeah. I do do them too. Not just the UFO community.
0: Someday. Well, that. Great. Thank you for that, Chelsea. And that was a good mini episode. Stay tuned next week where we get into the heebie jeebies and the creepy stuffs. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Journey to the Fringe. If you have liked what you have listened to, please like, share, subscribe, or follow, depending on what venue you are listening to us through. Also, please, if possible, leave a five-star review, as that really helps us in the algorithms. Should you wish to interact with us, please check us out on your social media of choice. I bet you we are there. And if you really want to communicate with us and give us ideas for new episodes or tell us that we're wrong in Terrible either way, please send us an email at Journey to the Fringe at Gmail.com. For now, I'll see you in the next episode.